Hey bookworms, welcome to our first episode of Librarians Telling Tales. We're so thrilled to have you joining us today where we introduce you to all things we love about libraries, books, people, and making connections. I'm Jennifer. I'm Amy. I'm Blair. In today's episode, we'll chat about our earliest memories of reading and the books we loved having read to us when we were little. We'll also share some of the books we love to read aloud to the very young children at story times and to kids and teens who visit the library with their school groups. All right, I guess I'll kick us off. So I distinctly remember when I was a kid, bedtimes were always like me and mom and stories. And it was so much fun. We had a few things that we read over and over and over again, which is I know is for parents like, I can't read that story one more time. You know, like for kids, that's what they want. They want that repetition. They want that familiarity. And for me, it was Streganona and then uh, Nana Upstairs and Nana Downstairs, which were both Tommy DePaula. And oh my gosh, those books, they were such a big part of my childhood, particularly because I called my grandma Nana. And so for me, it was like a really great connection to have that feeling uh, even though she passed away when I was really young. So it was always kind of like invoking her when we were having story time and reading those books. Another thing that I think was just amazing was in my second grade class, Mrs. Lindsay, shout out, who I'm still friends with on Facebook, was an amazing second grade teacher. For one of her class reads, she, we did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl. She gave us all in the class an uh, individual chocolate bar, and said that if we didn't eat the whole thing before she finished reading us the book, then when we watched the movie together as a class, we would get a second one. And it was such a fun experiment because there were so many kids who like, they just ate the whole thing in one sitting or they pieced it out and they ate one single little piece off their Hershey bar every single time they read a chapter. And then I was just sat there and I just held it. I was like, I'm just gonna hold this. It'll be my reward to have two. <laughs> what about you guys? What about you, Jennifer? Well, talking about your teacher reminds me of my first grade teacher. I give Mrs. Chapman all the credit for opening the book world for me. We would sit on the reading rug and she would read uh, The Cricket in Times Square. She read Mr. Popper's Penguins. And, and most, in my memory, the most um, profound one was the Boxcar Children because she tied in an activity where we were all assigned to bring in something for the stew. And we made a big stew. And it was all about the Boxcar Children. And so Mrs. Chapman is my hero. And funny enough, she actually came to visit Prescott Public Library a few years ago. And I said, here I am, Mrs. Chapman. And it was really special. She, long story short, she was actually the sister of one of my co-workers. And it was an amazing connection. But I, I just told her, here I am. I'm in books. And I, I give her so much credit for opening the book world to me. And my parents did read to me, probably not as much as I read to my own children. But it was Dr. Seuss, Hop on Pop was really big. And I would get books in the mail. My mom had signed me up for some book club. So I'd get that package in the mail. And it was usually a Dr. Seuss book or a Disney book. But my dad would also read to me Tom Sawyer classics like that. And I am so grateful. It was really neat. I had a really great childhood full of, full of people who brought books into my world. How about you, Amy? I, well, with my brother and sister, we read, my mom read us a ton of books. 
took us to the library all the time. We didn't have air conditioning in our apartment, so the local library all summer long. And one of my favorites was Are You My Mother? And she read that to us all the time, and we always requested it. I don't know why we were so enamored of it, but we were. And I remember thinking after doing some thinking about this, like, why did this bird not know what his mother looked like, right? Like, a crane is your mother? Um, but anyway, it was super sweet and charming. And then in first grade for me, it was Mrs. Fisher reading us Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> Mrs. Fisher was such a, a fantastic reader and she really brought us into the story. And I just remember thinking that I was so like at home and comfortable that I thought I was hiding, but I was sucking my thumb with my my thumb in my mouth and my other hand covering over it. And I thought that nobody knew what I was doing, but in fact, she did see what I was doing. And sent a note home to my family saying, Amy is sucking her thumb. And you know, in first grade, that's kind of not what we do. So that was that. Oh, but it's so sweet. Can I do one more shout out? Because I think those uh, library specialists at the schools need to be recognized. Absolutely. It reminded, listening to us talk about our teachers also reminded me of a librarian at my school who would read to us every time our class would visit. And she introduced me to All of a Kind Family oh. by Sydney Taylor. And I still love those books so much. And she was, was so excited about the books. And I, I loved when she would read to us. And also my junior high school library specialists. He would ask me to read books and tell him what I thought about them. And, and so I just think these people that we're talking about mm -hmm, are so critical mm -hmm. to our, our reading lives. I'm just so thankful to all of them. So big shout out. Thank you Absolutely. to everyone. Oh, 100%. I still remember one of my favorite things about going to our summer place in Colorado was the public library and going to story times. We actually did have pajama story times. I, it's funny, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I remember going to the library in my pajamas and having Coco and having our librarian Jackie read to me. Like, I distinctly remember that. The whole town, because it's such a small town where I grew up, the library was kind of the heart of the town. And I feel like that library is part of the reason that I am still so connected to books and became a librarian. Because that kind of community place, that community feeling that comes with story times and books, it's just awesome. Well, that's a great segue into our favorite story time books or books that we like to read for little ones. What did you, what do you like to read to the little kids, Amy? One of my favorites to read are the pigeon books. But in particular, The Duckling Gets a Cookie. Those are just so fun and the drama is so rich with the pigeon being uber duper jealous. Like, the duckling gets a cookie! And like all the antics that he, you know, employs to get himself the cookie. I just love that book. I love sharing it with kids. I love being super dramatic and like, no! On the page. That's one of my faves to read aloud. Oh yeah, anything silly. The sillier, the better. I am sort of enamored with a book right now, which is A Unicorn Named Sparkle by Amy Young. And it is the cutest thing ever because this little girl wants a unicorn so, so, so badly. And she gets a goat and she keeps insisting that it's a unicorn and playing with it like it's a unicorn, but it's a goat. And it's my favorite thing right now. It's just so cute. How can you not love that kind of irreverence that kids have? Anything can be a unicorn if you dream right. it hard enough. <laughs> Unicorns are all the rage. Very much so. I think when I read to the kids, I like reading the funny books. They like those funny mm -hmm. books, especially the younger kids. And one of my favorites is The Squeaky Door by Margaret MacDonald. It's just so interactive and it's got so much suspense in it. And the audiences, the kids are able to participate in it. And so I find that to be a go-to book quite often. I think, has this audience heard it? Okay, we're going to read it again because it's such a, it was such a great book. And I love that interaction that you can have at story times. Mm -hmm. So I tend to pick books like that. I've heard you read that, and I love your sound effect. <laughs> Which one? The squeaky door. <laughs> so 
Yes, that's awesome. That's just so much fun. When we were doing our story time videos, I still think my favorite was the yawns are coming because I could just make the best noises. Mm -hmm. It's like that's that's always fun when you can just kind of forget yourself in a story and be silly. That's I think part of what's fun too is that you know really they they want to be silly because they see you being silly and engaging with you. Now those are really fun books for littles. But what kind of books do you find reading to your older kids? Because we, as we know, picture books are for everyone. Absolutely. So have you thought about books that appeal to your older audience? One of the ones that I have uh, loved sharing with like the third and fourth graders is Chris Van Dusen's Circus Ship. It's based on like a true story of a ship that sunk while carrying animals that were part of a carnival of sorts. And the the drama of the, the evil ringmaster. What is he in that? I forget. I think he is a ringmaster. And he's just so mm -hmm. mean and the, just the way all the rhyming and the fun and then also there are so many rich details on the pages the illustrations like what happens is the townspeople help hide the animals when he returns to pick them up and he realizes wait a minute the ship sank but all the animals did make it ashore and so he goes to look for them and they're like hiding in plain sight so you can really pour over those illustrations even with the older kids just hold the book open as long as you can and there's a camel there there's the crocodile hiding there it's super fun what about you, Jennifer? Oh, there's so many wonderful books. I think the one I tend to go back to a lot, and I think it's really timely, is The Sandwich Swap by Kelly DiPuccio. Mm -hmm. Just a really beautiful story about friendship, but also being appreciative of other cultures. These two girls are best friends, but they come from different backgrounds, and they start realizing, well, they don't eat the same kinds of foods. And the kids in the cafeteria are suddenly starting to point it out that there is a real difference, and they start thinking, well, maybe I can't like you because you don't like the same things I like. Anyway, it's a lovely story about friendship and they have to go through a hard experience to realize that they really are good friends. And it's a wonderful story. I love to read that mm -hmm. with an older group and they seem to really receive it well. How about you, Blair? I think it's interesting because I haven't had a lot of experience with the older groups. So for me, it's about finding new things, finding things that are different. I like Hair Love. I like how, and that's Hair Love is by Matthew Cherry. Thanks to Amy for reminding me, because I was forgetting. It's something about being able to find those cultural touchstones that, even if that's not your culture, you know, you don't have the same hair products, you don't have the same interactions about hair, but everybody still does their hair, and everybody still learns how to deal with their hair, and, you know, as you're growing, you learn that from your parents, from the important people in your life that personal grooming stuff and so it's always nice to see not only the cultural difference but the cultural similarities and i think that's part of what makes it so much fun do you know what i love about that book is the father-daughter relationship mm -hmm. it is so sweet i was completely charmed by it and at first i thought he was a single dad and then well you'll have to read the book to see the surprise mm -hmm. ending but i just really loved that father-daughter bond it's a it great book it was absolutely just so sweet to see. So uh, those are the kind of books that I like to find, ones that are a little different, a little fun. It's so nice to see yourself and see other people represented. I heard you say, though, like your memories of like your mom and your folks helping you with your hair and self-look. Like mine didn't, and they probably should have because I had those hamburger bun bangs. Do you remember <laughs> what I'm talking about? Like we called them the hamburger bun because it was like... Whoop. Yeah, I mean, I still distinctly recall that it was always a sad day in my house when my dad was doing my ponytail. <laughs> 
because <laughs> I was inevitably going to have hair pulled. It was going to be not super a pleasant experience for me, but it never came out during the day. To his credit, it never came out when he did it. The elastic it, stayed in. Oh, it stayed in. And sometimes it was a little tight. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes it hurt, but it stayed. Little Blair had a headache. Yeah, but it, it stayed. I, my mom did my hair so well. I mean, she braided it played with it i was really lucky but then when i got on my own i could do nothing <laughs> i don't know how to do anything with my hair so it's okay my, my mom didn't teach me about makeup i learned all my makeup in theater which <laughs> explains a lot about how i wear makeup i think <laughs> i want to just jump in real fast too and mention there's um a lot of great picture book nonfiction that i think is really fun to share with older kids and one of my favorites which i think is super shocking to today's kids because they're used to seeing more women in roles that in the past were only held by men but it's who says women can't be doctors and it's the story of elizabeth blackwell by tanya lee stone and when she writes to all those uh applies to colleges rather and is trying to get in for med school and that she's just constantly being denied and the fact that all of the men in the college voted to have her accepted as a joke as a ruse and that's how she got into college and was able to get her medical degree and become a doctor when you read that part to the kids they're like what like she had she was so smart and she graduated top of her class when she was in med school but they wouldn't let her in because she's a girl like that was their only criteria i think it's super fun to read those stories and and share that history was an interesting world for everybody you know it's a simple way of of communicating that it's a really fun picture book and the pictures are nice, too. Mm -hmm. It's very accessible. So Absolutely. It has a great message and great pictures, too. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to hear from you, our readers and listeners. This is a fun segment where you get to tell us some of your favorite books. This is Reader's Rave. I'm Connor May. I'm 15. I'm a 16. When I was younger, I was a really big fan of Hokey Pokey by Jerry Sindeli. I really liked it. It was like a just a fun adventure. It was like a kid's dream. The whole point was like a kid's paradise. It was something that I really liked when I was little, and it was a good book that I really enjoyed. Hi, my name is Craig, and I am 47 years young. I have worked in libraries for about eight years and have loved to be surrounded by books. One book I have loved for many years is The Graveyard Book by Neil Gaiman. The book tells the story of a boy named Nobody, or Bod Owens, who lives in a graveyard and is being raised and educated by ghosts. I enjoyed the dark moodiness, and I appreciated the book's frank tone regarding death. Hi, I'm Sarah, and I'm 34 years old. One of my longtime favorite books is Ella Enchanted by Gail Carson Levine. I love how the main character, Ella, seeks to break her curse of obedience while also staying true to herself, having a good heart, and just generally being awesome. I read and shared this book with my friends so many times that it ended up falling apart and I had to buy a new one. And I still love recommending it. Do you want to be part of Reader's Rave? Call us at 928-777-1490 and leave a message with your first name, your age, a book you love, and what you love about it. Thank you for joining us today on Librarians Telling Tales. Don't forget to subscribe to catch our next episode in mid-October, where we will be talking about our first independent reads and what's flying off the shelf these days. 
This podcast is supported by the Arizona State Library, Archives and Public Records, a division of the Secretary of State with federal funds from the Institute of Museum and Library Services. We would also like to thank the City of Prescott, Friends of the Prescott Public Library, and all our fabulous co-workers at Prescott Public Library. Be sure to like and subscribe to Librarians Telling Tales. And until next time, we'll see you in the library.